first of all, thank you so much for agreeing okay. to be interviewed. I appreciate it. Um, you know, absolutely, especially on your day off. So I appreciate it so much. No problem. Um, thank you. Okay, so my first question, um, I just wanted you to take me all the way back to when you first found out you were pregnant. Like, what was going on in your life at the time? And what were you thinking when you found out? Okay, okay. So this is going to have to take it back 26 years because okay. it's now 26 years old. Um, but I remember being very young. I was 19 myself, so I was um, finishing up high school and found out that, uh-oh, I am pregnant. So um, I made a choice to decide to have a baby because some people in the family were like, oh, are you sure this is the right thing to do? So I chose to absolutely continue with pregnancy and have a baby 26 years later but um that's it i kind of was very young and in high school but i had a lot of family help because i was still young i lived at home okay okay and so then what was your experience kind of navigating your your health and like taking care of your health taking care of yourself during your pregnancy and then navigating everything else at the same time like were you working or were you just kind of like able to you know focus on yourself like what was that situation like definitely was able to focus on myself and pregnancy um young didn't have a job but still living at home so i didn't have any responsibility as far as bills of my own at that point um so went to prenatal care um lived with my grandma so she cooked a plenty so i had a lot of nutrients <laughs> a lot of home-cooked meals um but, you know, honestly, it was scary because it was the first time. So I didn't know what to expect. And that's also just kind of as you go through the changes and the different stages, you just kind of learn as you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you feel like self-conscious being so young, like and entering into motherhood? Did you feel ever feel like self-conscious about that or you know like okay so not really at all because this probably sounds um stereotypical but being african-american and from the city some of us call it the hood young pregnancy was not a shock i mean i was 19 closer to 20 i wasn't 13 or right. 15 or something like that so i mean not that it makes a big of a difference but yeah Okay. So no, okay. no shame at being young and having a baby. Okay. All right. Um, good. Yeah. Um, and so can you tell me about your son's birth? Walk me through exactly like what you experienced, <laughs> like when you know like what was um, that experience like from top to bottom <laughs> so oh my gosh the actual pregnancy um changes through your body which were different and sometimes um like what's happening to me i had morning sickness at the beginning okay. so that was no fun 
not vomiting morning. Made it through that. And then unfortunately, wasn't taking care of myself, drinking, I guess, proper amounts of water and maybe other nutrition things. But I had a kidney infection when I was five months pregnant. Oh my so goodness. I was hospitalized for five days. Wow. So that that was scary. And I didn't really know why that was happening. I just had like back pain and um, some discoloration in my urine. And going to the doctor later that evening, found out that it was something really serious. Um, medically, urine was supposed to leave the kidneys through the bladder and it was going backwards. So I'm glad that I went to the hospital that night. Um, I was, you know, there for a couple of days, had some IVs, felt much better went home and had a healthy baby boy in December. But, you know, that was definitely something to um, to take more awareness to. So yeah. I was young, but, you know, learning as I go, like I said. Yeah. And then he came. He was um, born December 18th okay. <laughs> on a Sunday morning at 1018 in the morning. <laughs> My grandma took me to the hospital. <laughs> uh, we drove down to Mercy Medical Center and it was a quick birth because I didn't have to go through what most women go through as far as like dilating and actually having a vaginal birth because of the kidney infection. I needed to have a cesarean. Oh, so okay. okay. It was easy because I didn't have to go through much pain. They just, you know, epidural, slice me, pull the baby out. <laughs> And it's done. <laughs> okay. So did you go, did you start labor? Like, did you start like the early stages of labor? Um, well, I went the full term as far as the pregnancy. Actually, it was two weeks later than my due date. Okay. So I didn't even like, no, I was like, it feels weird. Um, I feel like something's happening to my body. And I called the doctor and they're like, well, if you're late, you should probably come in. Okay. And I showered and then I came in. Yeah, yeah. And my, you know, so yeah. Some, yeah, it was interesting. Okay. And so what was it like recovering <laughs> from that C-section, like the physical hearing, healing process? What was that like? Um, <laughs> that was, that was interesting. I mean, it wasn't too bad. Um, you do feel some discomfort, like because it's a surgical scar. So there were like staples. And obviously when your skin's healing, you feel sensation of mm -hmm. itch and like pull. So no, that part wasn't fun, but it didn't take long because um, probably being young and able to snap right back into it. Um, yeah, I, I didn't want to do it again though. So I only have one kid. <laughs> oh, <thank you. laughs> Oh my God. Just yeah. one. Yeah. I, no, I, I, I get it. I was convinced that I was done. Um, okay. After the first one, just well, because my C section was like a little bit like it, I healed up in, in like the normal time. Like, I guess after two, okay. two and a half weeks, two weeks, two and a half weeks, like it didn't like hurt, hurt like it did. But I just, right. I, I right. did have a lot of pain that I wasn't expecting. And it's like, okay, I wasn't yeah. expecting it to hurt so bad. And then like on top of that, I had like the fibroids, mm -hmm. so they were hurting too. So it was like fibroids yeah. were hurting. And then like the incision inside and the incision outside, like mm -hmm. it was all the pain. So, but yeah, that's good though.
So then did you experience any emotional, what what emotional like ups and downs, if any, did you experience mm-hmm. during that postpartum time, like just after giving birth and like just kind of getting used to having this little baby now and like feeding what, what and like being up all night? Like what was, what was that like? Or what was that experience like? You know, Again, I have to say that I guess being so fortunate living in a house with a house full of people. Mm-hmm. There was my grandmother and my grandfather. There was my dad that still lived there, my little sister. This was like, you know, the community house back in the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had a lot of help. So you were walking me through kind of like the postpartum, your postpartum experience. You said you had a lot of help. So it wasn't as like emotionally taxing for you as it might have been for other people because, you know, you're not you had a lot of help. And so um, but that's what you were explaining. <laughs> yeah, no, I did. I did. So I didn't have any issues as far as um, stressed out because I had a lot of support around Okay. Did you, did you breastfeed? I did not. Okay. I did not. I was, um, I was not into that at that moment. This was, I had him in 94. So I wasn't talked too much about that breastfeeding. Yeah. Battle fed. Did you, did you like, was it, was it just like, oh, like a lot of people when they're thinking about like the option of breastfeeding, some people, you know, find it to be like gross or like, you know, that's just like not something that, you know, they're into. So like, did you go through like any sort of like decision-making process or you were just like, no, absolutely not. Like what was? I honestly have to say, I think it just was more um, not that influence. So I was just used to bottle feeding. Um, okay. Different day and time. They yeah. they change things like that all the time. Yeah. But I feel like I wouldn't be opposed to it now. I used to feel that way. But I do feel like, no, that's a natural thing with the mom and child. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so silly. Um, so can you talk to me a little about your your co-parenting experience and how you navigated some of those challenges? Um, so those were challenges because okay. there wasn't much co-parenting happening. Actually, my son's biological um, wasn't around very much at all. So then I started a relationship with someone else that I was with for 20 years or so. So he actually grew up with a stepdad in his life. Um, So I guess as a mom and the main parent, I did a lot of the decision making. Okay. Strictly me. So it it wasn't much conflict when you're the only one laying down the law. Okay. Which makes for, um, I don't know, for me in that situation, it was better for me. Okay, so you were kind of like the point person on that. He kind of like let you exactly. take exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And in terms of like, did you were there ever like challenges where like you felt like you know you you were ever in a situation where you had to make a decision together and it was just like you you maybe didn't see eye to eye on something. 
Um, probably, of course, right? Like because yeah. men always want to parent differently from a woman, especially if it's a boy. Yeah. You know, so so I guess yeah. And then I felt like, you know, some areas that I didn't know much about because I've never been a man mm-hmm. that I did not try to make influences or choices. I let, you know, as a parent and you're the male, then maybe you should you know, answer oh. those questions or be there for that particular advice. Okay. All right. Um, what do you, what advice do you have, I guess, for people who are trying to like co-parent and like, just like navigate these things? Like what advice could you, could you give to like, just parents who are looking to like, they're, maybe they're not together or maybe you know it's a situation where they're they're you know separated or something and but they're still like trying to co-parent and be like present for their kids like what advice could you give people in the in the just the middle of all of that I feel like you have to uh, sounds interesting not actually listen to the child but you have to know your child right like everyone's kids different so if you know that given direction forcefully doesn't work for your child, maybe you should convince them or just taking a different approach on knowing your particular kid. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the best advice I feel like for that. Because co-parenting, sometimes you're always going to see differently, right? Two people, two different opinions. But um, depending on the situation, if it's discipline through school or if it's advice about like relationship, but uh, you know, listen to your kid. They're the best answer for that. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know, kids grow and so they go through their different like stages and their faces. <laughs> so how, can you talk right. through how you navigated those stages? Like as they grow and they start and they're like this baby, then they move to toddler, then they're this little kid, big kid, then they're like a tween and it's like awkward and then they become a teenager and then and then they're grown. Like how do you, how, do, how are you able to still like present uh, yeah. for them <laughs> regardless of like what they're going on or what phase they're going on how are you how are you how were you able to like be um like a present parent and like how did you navigate those different stages well with their babies that part is really easy That part's really easy. I feel like the toddlers, you know, it's really easy. For me, it didn't get difficult until adolescent years because adolescent years, they're trying to figure out themselves. And then there's peer pressure and then there's teaching confidence. And that is definitely what I always instilled in my son. I didn't care if he thought someone else didn't like what he was wearing as long as he liked it or, you know, someone else's opinion really doesn't matter. Not at that stage. Mm -hmm. Later in life, you learn that you should probably take someone else's advice. But adolescence, um, I definitely instilled being a leader, not a follower. And then they get to the next level where, you know, they're almost grown but they're not so then they think they are yeah (laughs) so then we all went through that stage right you can't tell us anything because we know everything already 
Right. So then you let them learn on their own. At that point, you back off and they learn on their own. Sometimes it's smooth, sometimes it's a crash and burn. And so in those moments where you see your your kid potentially crash and burn, like what's what's going through your mind and how are you able to still like be present for them and hold space for them and like help them, I guess maybe not help them, but just like let them know like you're here for them. Right, no, absolutely. So um, you don't want them to crash and burn. You don't want them to make mistakes when you could help them. But when they do, you're just there to brush them off, tell them it's gonna be fine. Uh Next step, um, my motto has always been, we go through different levels of emotion. So at first you may be disappointed, maybe you're sad, maybe you're angry about it, but then you gotta figure out how you gotta move on. Okay. All right. Yeah. Make the the next move your better move. Like exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Brush it off and and start fresh. Awesome. Okay. Don't dwell on it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right. So I'm gonna shift gears again a, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I want to ask you about your own mother and what was her story and how did that story shape you as a person and a mother. Okay. Um, that part, we I can't really touch on that much because I lost my mom at such a young age. So okay. then I would have to replace those situations with my grandma. My grandma was there for me. Um, but she was old school because she was a grandma, you know what I mean? So some things you felt like you couldn't relate to, but I had cousins. I had um, a stepmom that was around, so... I guess a lot of takes a village to raise a child. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So are you are you comfortable sharing about your mom's, like how you lost her? I can brief you. I can brief you with uh, um, a house fire. I lost my mom in a house fire. Um, my mom and my dad were like together, but then so she was trying to move on from him and we lived in an apartment so someone downstairs um, was very upset with their girlfriend and threw in a Molotov cocktail in the whole apartment complex or that particular building um, had a fire my mom jumped and my mom died of head injuries Aww. so then my grandmother raised me so my dad's mom and that side of the family yeah. but I was still connected with my dad's um, and my mom's side of the family as well. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So fire away about any questions. Okay. I just can't say that it was my mom that did it. It was definitely my grandma. Okay. But, you know, still a woman in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like, was she super strict or? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. My grandmother didn't play. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Estelle, are you kidding? But I appreciate it. Estelle. Estelle. That's so beautiful. I really appreciate it because that's why I feel like I raised Mikey. Like, this is what it is. This is how it is. This is respect. But you do have a voice, you know? Yeah. Because my grandmother didn't play, girl. Yeah. She was like 80. I was born in the 70s. Okay. (laughs) I'm old. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, no, you're not old. Um, so then do you ever have moments when you catch yourself doing or saying something and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm turning into my grandmother. Like, <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Oh, I know I'm her. I know I'm her for sure. I got some old school ways. Okay, give um, me an example. I have some nieces. <laughs> oh God, like what? I don't know. <laughs> like everything. I'm just an old lady. They're an old lady. <laughs> Definitely. It's funny, right? Because I'm 45 and my son is 26. But then I still have some girlfriends, you're included, right? You're 30 something. And then I have friends that are my age. So for my 26-year-old, what do I say? Well, this is Kareen. This is Nita. No, you know how I introduce y'all. This is Miss Nita. This is Miss Kareen. This yes. is, you put a handle. Because that's how I was raised. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So some of that. Just some respect. They want yeah. respect, right? Everybody yeah, wants that, respect. That old exactly. school. That old school. Is, this is Miss miss so-and-so and then if like you're really close then like okay this is auntie so-and-so like exactly because you know? yeah. he got a whole bunch of aunts that he don't know <laughs> nothing about because the lady at the bank is his aunt you know what i mean the lady at the grocery store is his auntie so yeah yeah absolutely that's awesome <laughs> that's the hood family stuff yes that's the, the old the old old stuff yeah my right that's right. that's awesome Um, okay. So then what, what is the hardest part of being a mother in your opinion? Oh, goodness. Always worried about them. Like when you're a mom, you're always worried about your kid, whether your kid's a, a grown woman or a grown man, you're always worried about them. You want them to make good choices. And I don't know, I guess to make sure their life is together. Yeah. So that's the hardest part. Yeah, it never goes away. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. That's that was somebody somebody else with like older kids told that to me when I had Amari. Yeah. Like when I first had Amari, he was still little, and I was like, I can't yeah. handle all this anxiety. And she was like, girl, it doesn't go away. It gets better, but it doesn't ever go away. You you always feel it. And she was like, yeah. It, it's just always there, like the worry and the fear, you know. Absolutely, absolutely, like all the time. Yeah. Because, um, I don't know, I guess that's just part of parenting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then what's the best part of being a mother? Oh, oh wow, so now I'm gonna sound all like rainbows and unicorns. It's okay. Always having a friend, always having somebody that Ah, how do you say that need you, that depends on you, that you're there for? Mm -hmm. I definitely would say that's the best part for me about being a mom. Yeah. Okay. It's like, yeah, and then me and, Go ahead, sorry. Right. Your, your mini you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like <laughs> it. Cause it's, it's like, you have your own personal cheerleader. They're like... Right, right, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> They're always proud of you. They're always, um, <laughs> they always want to make sure you're okay. Yeah. 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 We're gonna shift a little bit again. So okay. describe, 
what it has been like living with your adult child during a pandemic. <laughs> and be honest. Oh, wow. Be okay, honest. Okay, living, living with your adult child during a pandemic. Um, it's, we've been honest. <laughs> Started yeah, be out- honest. Like, the good, the bad, the ugly, like, just let, yeah. it, let it all out there. Well, um, at first I lost my job, so it was scary for me. Um, And then he went from not going to actually to the office to go to work and working from home. So then you're home all the time. And then when you didn't have that getaway space, it gets, I don't know, we're human beings, right? So it gets confrontational sometimes or like annoying. Um... But it's been fun. Mm-hmm. We spend a lot of time together. We play Uno. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah right. <laughs> but it's a mix. It's honestly a mix. Like everybody, I feel like needs some alone time and some space. But you know, you can't go anywhere. Not much to do. So yeah, you just deal with it a little. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, let's continue talking about this pandemic for a minute. Okay. So like, how is, how is it impacting how you live and work and how, how you've been coping since last year, like since last March and like moving into this year, like how is the pandemic impacting how you're living, how you're working and just like how you're coping in general and like, what are you doing to kind of like care for yourself? Um, well, it's, it's really tough, but I, I would always love to socialize. So I don't hang out as much as I used to. So I turn to cooking a lot more. So I keep myself busy in the house with cooking. Um, and my other passion is party planning and things like that. So I've been taking a lot of like photos and one day and another life, I'll do some catering. So I'm kind of keeping myself busy with that but I'm back to work so work right now is is busy okay we're a little small shop and um we sell good pastries so everyone definitely wants a treat if you're not learning to bake at home then you go like to your neighborhood place and I'm there we give you good pastries (laughs) and I'm able to keep working that's awesome. And that keeps me sane. That keeps me sane. If I don't stay busy with work, I like people. So I, you know, I like to interact. And then personally, I keep myself busy with running, walking. Mm-hmm. Even in this frigid weather, I'll probably take a walk when we're done with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Just trying to keep busy in both ways, physically, mental, you know. Mm-hmm. Just keep keep it occupied. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Because I feel like we run into problems when like, we're just like sitting idly. And then, you know, you you can go down the rabbit hole, and then it becomes mm-hmm. like a whole other, other thing. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, I like to stay busy. Okay. So can you talk a bit about what it's been like raising a black son in the United States? Um, what are you always mm-hmm. thinking and worrying about as they grow and develop? Um, and how did you cope with some of the anxiety, especially living so close to a city like Baltimore? Um, so 
in Baltimore, you got some good sides and some bad, like everywhere, I'm sure. sure. Mm-hmm. And where um, my son first grew up was in the city, like Park Heights and Hayward. So mm-hmm. back in the early 90s, it was just beginning to get a little rough around the edges in certain inner city neighborhoods. But then I moved. have some other benefits of public schools being better. So he was able to go to a really good public elementary school and then a really good public middle and high school. Mm-hmm. And then when you're in different schools, um, just changing the people you're around always helps. He went to a international elementary school. Okay. So my son was paired with people from like China, Africa, and you know, India, just everywhere all around the world because these kids were there to speak um, their native language from their native language to learning English. So multicultural, mixing them up, not just because you are black or white or whatever you are, you don't have to stay around those people all the time because the world um, it's a large melting pot, so we should know every culture. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now that he's older, I just hope that he's making good choices of company he keeps, you know? Like, I taught him to make good choices, so you don't hang out with bad news people, because they're only going to bring you down. Yeah. And he's got a great job. He's a grown man, so he makes, um, as far as I know, good decisions. Yeah. <laughs> And keeping the company well, but like he got into some some stuff when he was in like high school because they all try to get away with some things. Fake ID, get caught with a fake ID. (laughs) You got to do community service. Like, you know, those are those are um, a little bumps that you go through that you get a slap on the wrist, but hopefully you learn a big lesson from them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So like thinking about like last summer and like all the events of last Mm -hmm. summer and just like, you know, Black Lives Matter and just like all like Breonna Taylor, George Floyd and just like all the just all the images that we see on TV, like, Mm -hmm. you know, over the years, not just last summer, but over the years, like, yeah. How did that impact you knowing that you're like raising this like black son and you're trying to like instill everything in him so he can be all that he's like meant to be and more like well well definitely that's scary. I mean we gotta be honest, like you know, just because and it's not even like male because the Brianna Taylor, like she was a whole uh woman and I just feel like the the world that we're in right mm-hmm. now, you just nervous about that all the time yeah yeah absolutely okay what are you most grateful for as a mother oh i'm just grateful every day i wake up i'm grateful that i'm in good health i'm grateful that i do have a son that's um a good responsible person because there are a lot of other choices that people can make. Mm -hmm. And then that would stress their parents out and themselves completely. So I'm glad that he didn't choose to do any of those things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I um, 
I'm grateful. Just I'm grateful for simple things like good health and um, him being a good, responsible person. Yeah. Okay. So then after you're long gone, what do you hope um, that your son says about you as a mother? Oh, that I was cool as shit. Yay! (laughs) Cool mom. Cool as shit, right? Exactly. Exactly. It taught him a lot. Taught him a lot. And he learned a lot. And it'll be just like my grandma. Like, I remember, like, I still hear her in my ear with certain things. So I I, I hope that that's the same for him because it's all okay. going to be positive. It's all going to be like, remember, you should be the best at whatever it is you're doing. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope he remembers that all the time. Okay. So yeah. this isn't on my questions list, but I am curious, like, what is something mm-hmm. that your grandmother was famous to like always saying to you like that you just like always will never forget like oh goodness <laughs> like what what was her tagline like oh, what was her tagline <laughs> yeah well she was always into like if anybody young thought they could do something she didn't care if she was older she could do it too okay so like y'all young people think you got that we used to do that dance before you called it whatever it was or you know (laughs) she always thought that she um she knew about it beforehand and maybe it was because she did right history repeats itself fashion music all of that so yeah yeah. (laughs) okay and then what's your tagline like what is something you're always saying to michael that like oh my god you know, he's just like gonna be like never forget oh yeah my mom used to say like this over and over like what's your tagline <laughs> i don't know if i have just one i don't know if there's just one <laughs> okay well pick one that, that you remember oh god this is such a tough one <laughs> i don't know i'm always i don't know that's a tough okay. one okay I, all right I let's can't, think about I it i could just say what <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think, like, what did my mom always tell tell us? Like, oh, my mom was, like, super, super Christian. So she was just, she would always be like, what would Jesus do? Like, that was. Okay. Okay. Was okay. Like, what would Jesus do? <laughs> okay. Um, oh, God. But yeah, no, I still can't come up with one. <laughs> I have no okay. idea. All right. That's or okay. maybe that he always got to think ahead. I'm always influencing, like, you know, come on, think ahead. Think, think yeah. ahead on that one. Think ahead. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, <laughs> if you could go back and give yourself a motherhood superpower, what power would you give yourself and why? Oh, gosh. To always be able to show up out of nowhere. Just spitting. <laughs> <laughs> you're on the spot it's like hocus pocus you could just appear out of nowhere okay okay that would be my superpower to appear out of nowhere and, and why why um because you could probably stop some some mistakes uh-huh. you could probably stop some mistakes that at that point okay all right be a okay. good influence to some decision making yeah yeah okay well yeah that makes sense because <laughs> you're about to get into something your mom like suddenly appears right or if there's a question that you think could, about that could suddenly appear just like you know what I, that's okay maybe i should i'm good right, <laughs> right. maybe i should oh my god that's so funny <laughs> okay 
Um, well, that is all the questions that I have. So okay. thank you so much.